Good morning, Gardenia! Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Adam versus the Man. We got a show lined up for you today, that's for sure. We got Joey, Gian, Mary Jane in studio covering for producer Jim. We got Ant coming to you from the Ant Farm in Texas. We got Ian Pete joining us on the hour as our guest today. We got a really interesting stack of headlines. And it's kind of, I told, I promised y'all we would have a bit of a catch up day on the news because I have not done the news for five days now. It was last, wait, do we have some cover? We have some covers Thursday. It's been a whole week. It's been a whole week. It's almost, been a whole week. Almost. Since, I mean, we did the good news. I got to do the good news on Friday. But in terms of like a rate, we had, we had uh, someone covering for us Thursday. Right. Yes. We had Jim and Ed uh, doing a great job, and then we had Jim uh, on Monday, and then yesterday we had the special edition, the Cointel Pro edition of Adam versus the Man. All three hours and fifteen minutes of that epic monstrosity. Please check that out. Um, essential knowledge. I think that was a lot of fun. I mean, yesterday's show. I didn't. I didn't expect to do it, but it just uh, you know I was back and kind of like it's been been on my to-do list it felt like it needed to be done i felt really good about going check adam versus the man cointel pro edition complete so please check out yesterday's episode that is kind of uh i don't say timeless i hope it's not timeless i hope cointel pro and the fbi stop existing at some point and then it's it's uh no longer timely happy wednesday amigo says too unique on youtube thank you for joining us good morning uh yeah they i've I find myself of late obsessed with this idea that we are on the verge of some kind of breakthrough. There are a few things. And there are a lot of things that 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 give me this hunch that that made me excited. Like, and I've been doing this. I've been a full time activist one way or another since I got out of the Marines, November 30, two thousand six. At least, you know, I count my. Birth as a full-time activist, the March 19 demonstration, 2007, to mark the fourth anniversary of the invasion of Iraq with the mock combat patrol operation, first casualty in Washington, D.C., because the first casualty of war is always the truth. And we wanted to bring the truth of the war home to the politicians set in policy on the other side of the world. And... Right now, it, it it feels. I hate to say feel. I, I really hate to say feels, and I hate to just bring this up because I don't sound like I'm being re repetitive to myself. But I I hope we can keep this in mind as a theme, kind of in, in in the background for today's show and for covering the headlines tomorrow. And for all the great headlines that we get sent in the producers club, please keep those coming. It's it's a hunch I have. That we are we are suddenly closer to a to a breaking point than ever to a phase shift. I don't want to turn into one of these guys, you know. Oh, the sky is falling because we're off the gold standard and the dollar is about to crash. So buy my gold. I'm not selling gold. I'm not. I'm not selling anything. I don't think. Are we selling? Are we selling? Are we selling anything, Joe? Are we selling anything that's sort of like the dollar's crashing? Buy our stuff. I mean, our message. But even then, our message is not the dollar. Is crashing. It may be on a slow, engineered uh, transition decline. It may be 
going through a, a sort of fiat currency establishment money switch to a digital dollar in order to, to protect itself or, uh, from 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 crypto. Uh, it, it may be part of the authoritarian racket of government that we describe as the heart, but is actually just another limb or a tentacle that can be cut off, like the drug war being cut off right now, right? And that's, that's to me, I mean, Joey, is, I don't know, I don't, or Ann or anybody in the audience, I don't know, is, is there a better way to think of the government giving up the drug war right now than, you know, an evil octopus cutting off a gangrenous tentacle that it has to cut off in order to save itself, to save the, the heart of its racket, which is the, the money system and, 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 and the ability to manipulate the flow of value to keep the rich getting richer, the, the corporatism. Uh, it doesn't really care if drugs are illegal or not, except that it's one opportunity for it. Although I don't think it realizes that by giving up the war on drugs, they're also giving up our, their ability to psychologically oppress people. That's what they're scared of the most. So that's happening. The police, I mean, we're the drug war is ending. It's ending and it's not coming back. We, we are, we may be see, witnessing the birth of a new medical tyranny. And, and this, you know, I, I look at shit. I should, I should Google this again, right? Just to have the, have today's number. How many Americans have gotten vaccine? And there's some interesting, yes, we are doing, we're not doing a COVID block today, but we're, we, we do have some COVID headlines to catch up on. You know what? It has barely crept up. I think it was, wasn't 48.1% population fully vaccinated? 44 last time I looked. It's 48.5% now. It was a week ago. We should be tracking this over time or uh, a little more carefully. But it's clear. Oh, they have this. Look, dear, if you if you just Google it, uh, WPRPN Pirate Radio Podcasts on YouTube comes the war on some drugs. Hashtag TWOC, the war well, on some drugs. The war on the people. What you mean by ending is? The war on health freedom. But no, look, here's here's the chart. Can, can people see that? Yeah, you can see it. There, it's it, it. So look, you can see that that's the COVID rollout, COVID vaccine. Excuse me, COVID vax, COVID rollout, the COVID vaccine rollout chart, right? <clears throat> and you see that it's leveling off. Like they're pushing for door to door, knocking on 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 people's doors to push the vaccines now. If their propaganda campaigns to get people to want the vaccine were successful, they wouldn't have to do this. I'm I, last week we, we described, we, we were talking about this as like glitches in the matrix, right? And it's not glitches in the make because it's not a glitch. It's not something. But there are some things that are that are like glitches where they they're gaslighting us. They are really severely gaslighting the American people right now, like in a unique way. But at the same time, there's so many cracks in the dam, so to speak. Better, better, better analogy than glitches in the matrix. All right, on Facebook, Aviva Vuzela. Thanks for speaking out. Just telling it like I see it. So 
there are so many things. The lessening of the brutality of the police state. Now, that is a beautiful end in and of itself. Whew. Like, it, it, we, we are partway through a major phase shift in the brutality of the American police state away from unbridled brutality. It has been bridled by technology and the government having to maintain some semblance of a justice system in the name of a legal system in order to maintain their credibility. But George Floyd, right? Put that bug in every cop's head. You could be filmed and broadcast at any moment if you're in public. That is beautiful to see right now. And, and I, I, one of the headlines we're skipping today is, the, I think, someone included in the Producers Club to make this point. I, I decided not to include it because it was just a little it, it, side story. But it was a police in Texas subdue man covered in blood wielding a knife with a taser. And I, I think they wanted me to include. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of anecdotal shit. I try. I try. I, I, I try not to insult the intelligence of my audience. So by saying, "Look, because this happened, therefore this trend," you know. But look, but, but it, I, I think this is a part of a bigger trend. You know, last week we covered the story of uh, law enforcement getting uh, a bolo or bola wrapped device yeah. that they shoot at people to disable them so a cop running instead of running or shooting a gun and tackling or whatever a, a would-be victim they can victimize them disable them contain them with minimal harm to their their, their bodies I, I mean it's not the best i still want a cargo net because you don't have to fall i think there's a i think the bola Rap thing and it's it's rap.com or the rap it's rap.com right? yeah i mean you fall and hit your head on something you could die, you could die but i it's still you're still a lot less likely to die from the 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 bola rap that sounds like ebola rap uh you're still a lot less like i miss said it uh i'm I, I think we're gonna go further with this but tasers pepper spray Bola wraps. I think it's going to be drones dropping cargo nets out of the sky next. That's a good thing. You want police to have that. Does it remind people of this? Like, what if you're drunk and out of control? What if you don't drink? What if someone drugs you? You don't want them to kill you. What if you've been tricked into doing something that you didn't mean to do? You didn't understand. And the cop says, oh, you're doing something aggressive. We're going to kill you. How about instead we're going to detain you? What if you just Safely. A, a legitimate <clears throat> psychiatric mental breakdown. Well, I think that, I mean, uh, that's not a those, reason. Those people die but does it. that happen suddenly on trigger? No, I mean, for most sane people, it's like you got drugged or you got hit on the head or there's something. But whatever, it could tr anything could trigger anybody at any time to do something that, that makes them a threat that in the past, police would not even be questioned to just shoot you. Whereas now, the presence of technology is overwhelming to the point where they have to go, well, we're going to try to disable that. Then you see the rise and rise and rise of Bitcoin and crypto in general. What's Bitcoin at right now? It's down still. It's down, but it's, it's still down from a big peak. But you go, is it down? It's up from zero <laughs> to 30-something thousand. 
It's up from zero. Where are we at right now? And it's pretty stable at that value. If you had bought crypto when I advised and held as I had advised and was unable to myself, you would be quite well off right 32895 and uh, rising today. So wow. That's All right. Good. And with that, let's do our improv producer notes. I mentioned the producers club. If you go to... Improv, wait. Hey, there's right. Joey. There's our producer. <laughs> if you go to uh, patreon.com slash Adam versus the man, you can join us for $10 a month and become a member of our producers club. You can also win it without. Hmm? Yes, thank you. You can also <laughs> you can also get uh, membership by winning our producer or our, our, our comment contest today that Ant will be announcing in just a minute. Uh, we'd also like to point out that if you want to figure out you want to see the beautiful visuals of what's going on every day here in the Garden of Freedom. Check out at the Garden of Freedom right there on Instagram. And don't forget for all of your off-grid energy needs to take a, check out gogreenenergyonline.com. And finally, support our friends as long as they are dealing with this. We are going to mention this on the show every day, thecrypto6.com. Believe nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. Our friend is still in jail and would appreciate a letter. Anybody who writes a letter. Yeah, anybody who writes a letter is another way to win membership in the Producers Club. Anybody who writes a letter to nobody in jail, that's nobody of the Crypto Six, formerly known as Rich Paul. Mr. Nobody. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you can take a photograph of it because it's got to be a paper letter. And Email it to me, adam at thefreedomline.com, and we will also give you a membership to the producer. Excuse me, the producer's club. With that, let's get our co-host Ant up on screen here. Ladies and gentlemen, co-host Ant from the Ant Farm. Morning, Good brother. Morning. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm, my allergies have been kicking my ass. I had a few uh, mental health days this week that are kind of kicking my ass. But overall, mm. I'm here, and I still haven't. Uh, McAfee myself or Epstein myself. So I think we're doing good. <laughs> nice. Nice. Bravo. Well, are you, are, what's your comment contest today? So comment contest for the day is going to be the biggest threat to your health. And I'm going to start off with the biggest threat to my health right now is my damn allergies. I don't know if you can see my eyes. I'm just, they're kicking my ass today. What's your trigger? I don't know. Like, usually it's dirt, but it's been raining a lot. There's so many different types of pollen in the air right now that there's no telling which one it is. Usually it's just dirt that I'm allergic to. But I, right now it's not dirt. It's just, I don't know what it is. I wonder. Lots of interesting things getting stirred up. We're, we're, we, have, uh, we have an interesting guest today, Ian Peake, who's got the uh, oh Crypto Garden on YouTube. The Heat... The heat is the biggest threat really right now. Like the heat, the thing like the sun, the thing that gives life, the the stuff that comes off of that. We just hit the like, highest recorded temperature in America. Oh. Crypto Garden on YouTube. I think Bill Gates is fucking with the weather. I agree with this probably is. My guy has enough money, he could probably do basically whatever he wanted. It's wow, that's a better comment question. Is comment contest is Bill Gates fucking with the weather? <laughs> yes or no, and why do you think so? But also, wait, yeah, what is the greatest threat to your health? Because there's a lot of different things. I mean, some people right now 
knee-jerk authoritarian or bootlicker types would say COVID, right? Um, the real tinfoil hat paranoid types would say the vaccines. And I would right. say, no, neither. How they did disrespect, I need the biggest threat to health. Government. Okay, government. And, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. I think that's 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 too easy of an answer. But like specific, I, I, I'd like to ask people if they're going to say government to break that down a little bit, right? Um, I mean, is it is it government? I don't know. You, you know what I mean. Like, is it drug war, cops, whatever it is. Um, but, and I want to, I mean, I, I also want to inject this perhaps into the, the comment contest today. Uh, there, I, I shared a meme I got from the uh, Voluntarist Memes channel. On Telegram, I'm pretty sure anybody can just look up voluntarist memes, and uh, and find it. I share a lot of stuff out of there now. That's what I'm. That's that's where I'm getting most of my memes. Um, so, uh, one of them it's it's like the hand doing this, you know, mm-hmm. fingers super close together, and it says how close humanity is to realizing that our governments are run by criminals. And that's part of it, like that there's there, we are on the verge of an awareness and an, an awakening. It seems like we've already kind of been aware of it, but nobody's willing to to do anything about it. I mean, I I can remember being as a kid and hearing my parents and grandparents talk about the government doing this or government doing that. And now fast forward 30 years and it's the same story, except now I'm an adult complaining about the same damn thing, you know. Well, I, the way I've said it is that the world seems to be waiting for someone to stand up and say what everyone is is thinking, but is afraid to say in just the right way that it really is unifying. That it one of the things that uh, has been used in the past to manipulate society is is common culture. Yeah. Right. And in the past, there was common culture in TV, in newspapers, in books. Uh, What else? Records, music, even music, right? Music had a sense of common culture that we don't have today. Does everybody know what I mean by common culture? Is that kind of an obvious term? I don't know if that's the correct. I I think I've heard it used. Most of our common culture has been replaced with social media. That's our, Mm -hmm. I mean... Nobody even watches TV anymore, hardly. Everything is social media. And, you know, uh, I think I shared a story earlier, you know, with the censorship of social media basically dictating what they want us to talk about. And now the government is pushing for that and private messages as well and having disclaimers on what they determine as fake news and everything else. So we are being guided like cattle to the narrative that they want us to be in. And anytime we derive from that narrative, we're were herded back either by 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 violence and in some cases to uh, to just passive like they do with you with your shadow band so we're we're being guided the way they want us to go and as long as the herd keeps following when one person steps out of line without the crowd with them that person's gonna get get whacked like McAfee or you know it's just it's hard for one person to stand out when everybody watches that one person that does gets you know punished for it basically. Well, and I want to go back to this story because we covered government. My, the U.S. government is is 
moving towards, I, I forget exactly where they were at in the process. I believe it was development of legislation, right? To be able to read all American text messages to combat COVID misinformation. I, I would really like to think that's beyond the realm of what they can accomplish right now. That, that this is kind of a reaching thing. Let's see what the response is. Let's see if we can get away with it. Let's see how, but uh, how, do you think they're going to be able to do this? And if so, hey, you know, we, with the Producers Club, we use Telegram. There are digital ways around that, at least. Is that going to blow up? Um, is, uh, are, are they going to get they've away already, with this? They've already shown that the way that they have it set up, look at, you remember the, the uprising in Egypt? they're able to globally black out all their phones so they couldn't communicate they can already block out communications if they can block out communications and they can send amber alerts then they can monitor communications as well the they had where the the patriot act where they could literally monitor our cell phone conversations and it was deemed unconstitutional but if you really think that they stopped doing that right then, then you're mistaken they haven't stopped doing it they just become more clever about how they do it and so they can monitor everything we say and that's and that's not very hard. Like I can go online to my to my AT&T deal and I can see every text message I've ever sent, every phone call I've ever sent. And it, all it takes is them to tap into AT&T with a big text like, hey, we need access to this guy's records. And they can see every time you send a message, they don't need to tap our phones like they used to with an actual physical tap because it's all digital now. Supposedly we have encryption on Android and and Apple, but they've already been in courts about that. Nothing digital is secure. The question becomes how much are, there, are they watching? How much are they reading? How much are they actually in a position to respond to out of that? And if they create a major task force that is actually going through texts to uh, look for COVID misinformation, then, well, if, if they see, if they see something that looks like a terroristical threat, you know, they're going to, they're going to have to report that too. And, you know, they're going to, mm, there's going to be a lot of weird stuff that gets caught up in that. Did we just lose Ann? No. No, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. My phone went crazy. So we already have algorithms in place for, uh, you know, to monitor most of the stuff. So like I always joked, you know, every time I post anything about a bomb or anything else, to, even text messages, like, look, now I have my FBI agent having to go through and manually look at my phone to see if I'm talking about, you know, blowing something up or if I'm talking about fireworks, you know. So they already have algorithms that can cycle through most of what we're doing, just like they do with social media. If you think that our government doesn't have better algorithms, then, then you're mistaken as well because they have better algorithms. So they can run through, say, they, they, they're going to, I mean, they're not going to be able to do it with, 340 million people all at once, right? But they're going to go and they're going to know based on social media profiling and whatnot who they want to target. So they're going to be able to like a batch here, like where maybe you get this libertarian group over here and you get the, you know, this other political group over here. They're going to put us in batches where they can monitor 20, 30 of us at a time with their algorithms and really pinpoint who they want to target. Now, you know, old grandma down the road, they're probably not going to worry so much about grandma down the road and what she's posting. But people like me and you that have a social media presence that are, it, it's very easy for them to see who we are to monitor our phones like that, including 
with COVID or anything that they want. It starts with COVID monitoring for false information, then it turns into a gross, you know, oversight of their, our privacy rights where they are basically monitoring everything we do without a warrant. And I think that's what that's going to end up turning to. So they, they, they pull us in with the guise of uh, security and fake information with COVID, but it becomes a blanket for them being able to spy on us without a warrant. Yeah, I just have one modification to your narrative there. I think they've been doing this already for a long time, right? And it's it's I agree. It's they've all they've been reading, they've been analyzing. There's been some um and they're they're they they know that they cannot start releasing that. They can't go after people like uh, if the NSA you know, sees an American doing something, the the best they can do is tip off other law enforcement, but they can't give them that evidence or they can't use that evidence in court because not only would it be illegal, I mean, they could make it legal, that's not really a thing, but they could, uh, it would it would reveal what they're doing and the extent of it. And what this does, rather than, I, I think you just have the order of operations slightly out of place the way you said it in that they're already doing it. Coming up with this legislation or this excuse or codifying COVID as the motivating force for this gives them the clearance to now use that data against us as individuals, whether it's for COVID or all of the other things that you suggest. And, and, I, and I think that's a, a very good insight. See, and I'm, I'm just wondering how long before um, going against the COVID narrative becomes a crime. Right now, they're already trying to censor it. How long before if having your own opinion of COVID becomes a crime to say such things? And they, they're they already really flirting with our, our First Amendment rights as it is with monitoring, wanting to monitor private messages and whatnot. And the cronyism that we have with big, big, tech and the government is clear that we're leaning towards fascism. Uh, you know, I've been watching that. I don't usually try to watch Fox news, but I've been watching a little bit of Fox news and they're talking about, you know, the, the crisis in Cuba and they won't acknowledge it because it shows basically communism, socialism, which is what this presidency wants to lean towards. They don't want to acknowledge it because then they have to acknowledge that that's a communist socialist country and you can see the flaws in it. So it, it, they're they're leaning more and more towards fascism. Our, our president is, and he was supposed to be a middle of the road president, but he's clearly has other agendas. And I don't know if it's him with the agenda or if it's you know people pulling his strings with this senile as he seems. But that's yet to be seen. But it, it just seems to me that the longer, and it's not necessarily just you know Joe Joe Biden because Trump had some things that were in place. Uh, far as tech wise that also seemed like it was infringing on the first amendment it seems cool. like once they can eliminate our first amendment rights every other right after that is going to be easy for them to take i don't think anybody thought biden was a middle of the road guy <laughs> ever no, no, I didn't. Biden, in terms of biden himself said he was a middle of the road Oh, wow. He's purple flavored fascism in that I, sense he's the middle, middle of the color spectrum between blue and red it's interesting you describe that, and as the the increase in fascism. Uh, I mean, to me, it you can look at fascism in two ways, and and there, I accept two definitions of fascism as useful ways of looking at 
that term as out of control uh, as, as a sort of a type of out of control authority. And, and one is the dictionary definition of fascism, which is really like authoritarian nationalism and describes you know, a few criteria for it. But then there's the, the simpler Mussolini's definition of fascism, of the merging of the corporation and the state. And that is certainly accelerating under Biden. And it's sort of a subjective, difficult thing to measure. But you can say how much economic activity is, is taking place within the controlled purview of government as opposed to in a true free market. And I remain eternally optimistic because like, as I talked about in the book, Freedom, you know, relationships, loves, uh, loving relationships, romantic friendships, family relationships uh, are, are great exchanges of value that are not accounted for in economics dominated by dollars. And we try to say, oh, well, we're keeping them separate. That's about, but no, that actually devalues them to not analyze or appreciate them in the same value matrix. And so I suggest that no matter how much government takes over of the economy, as long as we are fundamentally free in our relationships and our speech and our love, that, that most value being exchanged is, is subject to choice and freedom rather than than central planning and dictatorship. WPRPN, Pirate Radio Podcast, again on YouTube, America is indeed fascist, I corporatism, Queer Mussolini, yes. And it is communist, and it is socialist by those definitions as well. <clears throat> and it is imperial. So, excuse me. But I wanted, I wanted to jump ahead to this Politico story if you can pull it up, Joy, there, I think there's only one from Politico in the stack, uh, just because it's related to what Ant was saying here. Potentially a death sentence. White House goes off on vaccine fear mongers. Now, I think this headline is pretty, pretty misleading itself because it makes it sound like if you're a vaccine fear monger, you're going to get the death sentence. It's like, no, you're going to get censored on Instagram and, and everywhere on the internet, and you might have your your internet shut down or your website taken off the, off the air. Uh, you know, you might get sued for, for something, but you're not, they're, they're not, they're not, we're not, we're not, that, that would be a major backslide in government brutality if they actually started executing people for word and thought crimes uh openly uh they, they do that covertly with people like john mcafee jeffrey epstein you know things like that but uh no that's not that's not what they're talking about here and i don't doubt that that's a possibility around the edges in in more covert ways or like uh was it jeremy hastings you know about a decade ago the reporter who was going after corruption at the pentagon and died mysteriously in a car crash anyway the administration has shifted a, a head-on strategy to dispel fear-mongering over its door-to-door -door efforts. The Biden administration is casting conservative opponents of its COVID-19 vaccine campaign as dangerous and extreme, adopting a more aggressive political posture in an attempt to maneuver through the public health conundrum. The White House has decided to hit back harder on misinformation and scare tactics after Republican lawmakers and conservative activists pledged to fight the administration's stated plans to go door to door to increase vaccination rates. The pushback will include directly calling out social media platforms and conservative no news shows that promote such tactics. 
Fauci said, quote, the big misinterpretation that Fox News or whomever else is saying is that they are essentially envisioning a bunch of federal workers knocking on your door telling you you've got to do something you don't want to do. That's absolutely not the case. It's trusted messengers who are part of the community doing that, not government officials. So that's where I think the disconnect is. No, no, it, it, it doesn't fucking matter if you've if you've enrolled people, you, you've turned, uh, I, mean, I think of the, man, the Matrix analogy. Again, it's like Agent Smith, you turned a regular human being out there into one of your agents. That doesn't make the, this any more righteous what you're doing. Um, yeah, uh, the pushback is, uh, you know, people saying that they're falsely compelling vaccination and there's a lot of just word debate here. White House spokesperson Kevin Munoz said we are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated so that we can save lives and help our economy further recover. When we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. And I, and I will say there is, I mean, the misinformation, in theory, calling out misinformation is fine. But when it's used as an excuse for censorship, then you're saying we don't have freedom of speech and you're just shutting down debate. And when you're shutting down debate, you're saying that you're not open to question. Nothing you have to say can be trusted at that point. Anyway, so I wanted to touch on that in, in response to, uh, to Ant, uh, Ant's thoughts there. Uh, but here's the death sentence. Uh, and this is, this is from Bridgeland. Um, one of those groups. All right, so we're going to go to the end of the story. Press secretary, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, also pointed out that the administration has for months engaged with local community groups and pastors to handle the door-to-door -door sharing of information with neighbors about the vaccine. One of those groups the administration has teamed up with on the ground is the COVID Collaborative, co-founded by George W. Bush alum John Bridgeland. Bridgeland said his group has already seen a shift on the ground with people shutting doors in their faces because they don't want to get vaccinated. His biggest concern is that these lies convince communities who are already wary of the vaccines creating sex of the country where the virus just bounces among the unvaccinated. It's completely illogical and it's potentially a death sentence. Bridgeland said, adding that he's watched the rhetoric ramp up in recent weeks. It's being coordinated by people who have platforms and have an interest in bringing down the current administration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's evil. <laughs> like, okay. The, the people aren't evil. The, the administration can be evil. They can do things that are evil. They can create evil institutions. Yes. So that was jumping ahead in the stack. I really want to go back though. And let's go back to the top of the stack. Cause we're going to make this about the money today. We got to start our COVID block. Really talking about, and yes, don't worry, I've had my COVID vitamins and everything I'm about to say is parody and not medic medical misinformation, therefore should not be censored. CNSnews.com, federal taxes and spending set records through June. The federal government set new records for taxing 
and spending through the first nine months of fiscal 2021, October through June. According to the monthly Treasury statement, federal taxes hit a record. But I got it like three trillion, fifty-six billion and seventy-eight million. Aren't you glad they rounded to the nearest million there, so we didn't have to say any more precise numbers? Uh, I didn't see that comment. Uh, while federal spending climbed to a record five trillion two hundred ninety-four billion and and twenty-seven million. The resulting deficit of two trillion two hundred thirty-seven billion nine hundred forty-nine million was the second highest ever for the first nine months of the year, falling below the two trillion eight hundred ninety-two billion two hundred sixty million seven hundred sixty thousand dollar deficit in constant June 2021 dollars that the federal government ran in the first nine months of fiscal 2020. You can't collect taxes as, as well when people aren't working. You know, Jay Lee Porter, author, co-author of Crypto Shrugged, to which I wrote the introduction, writes on YouTube, biggest threat to at the moment seems to me they're stressed people are under pro and anti-vax as they argue with their friends and families, straining relationships. I've experienced some of that. Could be a big part of it. Uh, I mean, the stress in general, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of things to stress out about. I mean, a, a lot of it is, uh, you know, I, I think more economic fear and uncertainty, R- rather than stress of of debating family members. Although this is this is interesting that it has created a major rift. You know, we put it, put up that number: forty eight point five percent of Americans fully vaccinated. 51.5 not fully vaccinated. And that number is leveling off. Makes you wonder. Axios.com poll 1.8 million Americans have turned down jobs due to unemployment benefits. Now, and they have this reasons, reasons for turning down job offers while unemployed. Number one. Child care obligations, 13.8%. COVID-19 or any combination of reasons associated with the pandemic, 13%. And number three, tied or tied, I guess, for number two with that, and also health medical limitations, which is all kind of related here. I receive enough money from unemployment insurance without having to work. People are getting job offers. Uh What's interesting here is not just that, but the next one on the list, I guess number five after a three-way tie for number two, 12.1%. I was not given enough money to return to work. Crypto King Silver Sailor, Adam Kogesh, medical tyranny called Operation Warp Speed is the most dangerous threat to the world. That could be. That could very well be Operation Warp Speed. Blame Donald Trump for getting the vaccine effort started from the federal government. I don't know. Blame him for being too weak of a pawn to resist such manipulations if you want, if you don't want to blame him directly. <clears throat> That's a possibility. But yeah, yeah, and this we don't know. We don't know. We can, and, and I. And this is this is one of the worst. I told you so. As I've had uh, over this 
this episode since we started Adam versus the Man 10.0 as as a response to Donald Trump's emergency COVID briefings while I was running for president as a libertarian. But now the I told you so is there are going to be more and more reports of vaccine side effects, and it is going to be underreported. And they are creeping up. We're going to get to that, too. Next on the list here, the job was not within my desired industry slash function area. That's interesting. Spoiled millennials going, ah, this isn't the the job I want. I'll wait. No, perhaps. But also perhaps uh, response to major shifts in jobs being available as we reboot the economy post-COVID and reveal that, oh, yes, as Donald Trump said, remember, I haven't said this in a while, Donald Trump said, don't worry, a lot of businesses will go out of business, but they'll come back just under new ownership. Well, they're coming back under new ownership, newly centralized ownership, and it's not going very well for a lot of people. Next on the list, the job didn't allow remote work. Then school training, the job acquired fixed working hours slash not enough flexibility, family slash personal obligations. Job didn't offer enough hours of work. It's very interesting that a lot of jobs in retail, a lot of jobs in service, a lot of jobs in the restaurant industry are offering very shitty jobs in terms of certainty. Part-time, not enough hours. Maybe you'll be asked to come in more. Maybe you won't be asked to come in at all. Or the job required too many hours of work is the last one on the list with 8.8% as employers try to squeeze more and more out of less employees, as we noticed as we were traveling just this past weekend to Mississippi. But don't worry, government is here to save you with more worthless money. SFGate.com, New California stimulus checks officially approved. Here's when they're coming. This reminds me, you know, I, you know what I think we should do? I, I, I really, we need, we need a crypto only alternative to, uh, to the producers club. If you, if you, you can buy into the producers club for one time, hundred dollars in crypto. If you go to the freedomline.com slash donate it's there you've got uh my bitcoin address uh, bitcoin cash and uh hundred dollars by crypto i'd rather do that you know i mean people are subscribing right now on patreon it feels very limiting because you have to give them a, a credit card or a debit card i think it's i think we should be we unfortunately it's a, a limitation with the functionality of crypto right now but we just say uh, we are selling lifetime memberships in the producers club for hundred dollars in crypto. I hate that we even have to measure that in U.S. dollars. Still, it's an interesting time. Weird transition. I hope you guys see the point of this. Back to California, new new California stimulus checks officially approved. Here's when they're coming. Yeah, California Governor Newsom signed a hundred billion dollar budget deal Monday paving the way for millions of Californians to receive one-time cash payments directly into their bank accounts. Under Golden State Stimulus 2, qualifying individuals with incomes between thirty and 75000 will receive a $600 stimulus check, and qualifying families with kids, including undocumented families, will get an additional $500. 
And if they're not working, there's a sort of immutable law of economics. You airdrop money like this, you have more money chasing the same or less goods and services in the market. Prices are going to go up. The value of purchasing power of those dollars is going to go down. Interesting crisis potentially on the horizon. It's a good thing we have government to hire and pay for emergency workers right now. Reuters, this is just another low-paying job. Say overtaxed U.S. firefighters as climate change drives worsening U.S. wildfires. Federal firefighters say they are underpaid and some are leaving. More than 17 years of fighting wildfires for the U.S. Forest Service has taken a toll on Brian Campbell. He's been homeless when spending months sleeping in a van while fighting fires in the state of Idaho. He routinely is called to drive the engine he captains in Washington State across the country at a moment's notice to support local crews. During the fire season, he spends long stints in the forest without seeing his wife and young children. Yet his salary is barely enough to get by on, 50000 a year. Some of us would be happy to be making 50000 a year, but this doesn't sound like it's worth it. Although he loves the job, he's keeping his eyes open for other work. The seasons are longer and we're not being treated any better, he told Reuters. A view echoed by a half dozen other current and former wildland firefighters as climate change strengthens, bringing hotter temperatures and worsening drought. The United States is entering what experts fear could be yet another devastating fire season. But 20% of the government's full-time firefighting positions are currently vacant. According to Kelly Martin, president of the advocacy group Grassroots Wildland Firefighters. Excuse me, those vacancies, which Martin attributes to poor working conditions, driving firefighters out of their jobs or leaving communities around the U.S. more vulnerable. As Martin said, with climate change, extreme heat and drought, we've set ourselves up for something I've never seen in my career. It's too much for understaffed firefighters with limited pay and benefits to bear anymore, she said. Is there about the decline of an empire? Is Rome burning? Not yet, but with a federal firefighting staff, 20% understaffed? I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't pretend to know, oh, it, oh, well, if you lose 20%, then this many more fires are going to go out of control here or there. But I know that from how things look right now, this number is not going to get any better in terms of it being fully staffed. If anything, they are going to have further deficiencies in staffing. And if that happens and fires go up, it may seem like another big crack in the dam. Wildfires out of control. In other economic motivations making for an anomalic headlines, is that a word? Like an anomaly. Anomaly. Anomalous? MSN.com with this from the Washington Post. A Border Patrol agent was supposed to guard a U.S.-Mexico checkpoint. He took $400 bribes to smuggle migrants. Ronaldo Vidari Jr. sped north of Highway 35 in a Ram pickup near Hersal, Texas, after crossing the border from Mexico in March 2019. When he was pulled over by the Frio County Sheriff's Office, deputies discovered he was smuggling five migrants. 
Vidari later pled guilty to illegally conspiring to transport people across the border, but he told investigators he had help. A U.S. Border Patrol agent named Rodney Tolson Jr. Let, let Vidari cross the checkpoint with loads of migrants, he told investigators, according to a plea agreement filed this week. In May, Tolson was in, was arrested and indicted by a grand jury. He signed his plea deal on July 7, admitting to conspiracy to transport an undocumented migrant within the United States. Wow. Now facing up to 10 years. Uh, he confessed to receiving $400 per person from an associate not named in court documents. So Tolson assisted in their smuggling operations as many as six times. It's unclear how much money Tolson received in total. His attorney did not respond to a request for comment. That's, But that's not a lot of money. Enough to risk your job. Well, when you do you think border patrol agents get paid much? Not not working checkpoints. I mean, they did like in the past. I mean, here's here's one of the other big cracks in the dam. One of the things that's falling apart, right, is that in the, the government enforcers, and, and and maybe they're gonna be able to pay them more if they radically reduce their workforces by lessening the brutality of the police state, by letting go of the drug war. Perhaps they're going to have more resources, more staffing dollars to go to fewer employees. Maybe it's going to go to uh, take care of those who stay on better. Who knows? But the current situation is that people who were supposedly protected members of the Praetorian class, those who guarded the elites, who protected the system, cops and soldiers, including all the federal alphabet soup trigger pullers and the border patrol and the coast guard. I guess that's part of the military, technically, right? The air force counts here as well. Uh, bomb droppers. The money that they are being paid doesn't buy the same quality of life anymore. They're not quite protected the same way. So, to the text message story, which we mentioned about the misinformation and going door to door, Fox News with this headline, critics slam Biden administration's reported plan to monitor vaccine misinformation in text messages. Please tell me this is a typo, one Republican lawmaker said. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and this is where, you know, the Republican Party, in a sense, might genuinely be on the side of the American people, on the side of freedom, on the side of justice, serving as controlled opposition, of course. A recent report revealed the Biden administration has plans to work with tech companies and SMS carriers to monitor and combat misinformation, which was immediately met with skepticism and criticized by Republican lawmakers. On Monday, Politico reported plans from the Biden administration to battle misinformation in regards to the COVID-19 vaccine. Quote, the White House has decided to hit back harder on misinformation and scare tactics after Republican lawmakers and conservative activists pledged to fight the administration's stated plans to go door to door to increase vaccination rates, Politico wrote. The pushback will include directly calling out social media platforms and conservative news shows that promote such tactics. The article continues how Biden pro-groups and the Democratic National Committee will work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation in people's private text messages. That's crazy. 
Yeah. That's I like that you can't even opt into a phone company that doesn't participate in that. Like that's that's just a thing now. I think Telegram is a great way out of this, but it doesn't matter in a sense because remember we 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 covered this the other day that you know when when Telegram like after what what revelation that government was uh was reading text messages or going to there was a huge spike in in Telegram and it grew, grew it all the way to point oh one percent of the population. I mean, it's still insignificant. But maybe the ones who are in that fifty one point five percent unvaccinated, they they will already have skepticism. They will already push back against this. They they will inherently know that it's bullshit on YouTube. How they disrespect again? There are no texts to monitor on land. <laughs> Uh, didn't everybody get rid of their landlines for cell phones? So, uh, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is a pretty scary point that we're at. I, I don't think they're going to get away with this, but they are on the verge of that. Uh, it was representative Thomas Massey, our friend from Kentucky. Please tell me this is a typo. He tweeted, uh, W. PRPN on YouTube again. How does this relate to the Fourth Amendment? Hashtag Beijing Biden. <laughs> Is that what we're calling him? We we do need a word for him, don't we? Like we do need a, we, a, a an appropriate name. Maybe that would be a better comment contest today. What's our version? Beijing Biden. Yeah, uh, I mean to say that we now we now have communism in, in the United States. We are getting Chinese style government thanks to Biden. It's not bad. Beijing Biden. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Boebert on Twitter, Biden's regime has announced they'll be working with SMS pro providers to stop vaccine misinformation spread via text messages. This is on the same day the White House said they support local officials who implement mandatory vaccines. No wonder they can't condemn communism. And I, it's funny because this is coming from a Republican who's also a communist. <laughs> uh, ask her if she supports all like no she'll say she's a conservative a uh, small government libertarian go well do you want to get rid of social security well do you want to get rid of the federal reserve do you want to get rid of the the federal ownership of land because if she says no to any of those things she's talking about and and generally her voting record would suggest and some people will fairly argue with me on this but she is essentially maintaining the status quo of federal communism Healthy disrespect on YouTube. I saw in comments somewhere folks calling the jab the Fauci ouchie. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, and I, I don't like to, uh, you know, condemn people because of their appearance or their genetics necessarily. Like if someone's, uh, you know, has some ugly facial feature. I mean, I have I have a big, funny Jewish nose or if someone has some scar or or deformity too unique on, on YouTube and so we. America Day humps you. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Woo, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so, I, but I, I do like to point out when people are unhealthy as health officials, I remember Rachel Levin, the trans, some federal health title in, in the Biden administration. I, I'm not making fun of her for being trans, but I will 
fucking make fun of you and point out the gross hypocrisy of someone as overweight and unhealthy as you who has proven they are incapable of consistently making healthy decisions trying to give healthy people advice on health but and you look at dr fauci he's he's lean he's of a healthy but he's almost unhealthy skinny how old is he let's see how old i feel like he's holding his age well like he looks maybe but i don't know how old he is to say that and I mean, you look at you look at Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden is, is holding is pretty, his age yeah. pretty well. Yeah, Fauci's eighty. Yeah, he's holding his age real well. So I mean, he's doing okay. He's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's at least managed to live that long. Um, we should know how old the president is, right? How old is Joe Biden? Seventy. Seventy-eight. His mind is starting to go. Is that our oldest president? Right. Um. Hmm, that's a good question. Who's the oldest president elected? Uh, the oldest was Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden's the oldest president we've ever had uh, as of an as of uh, election and inauguration, <laughs> I suppose. Um, I think we've had a few who left office older than Biden. Um, Not by the time he leaves. <laughs> Donald Trump uh, is only seventy-five by comparison. But yeah, but if if Biden lives through his term, that would that would make him or, or two. I don't know. Of course, you, you might maybe FDR. FDR wasn't that much old, or wasn't that old, that much old. Didn't have that many years, that much years. Uh, yeah. So, wow. The, I, mm, I don't think they're getting away with this. I, I, I this may be the bridge too far. And either things are going to get a lot. I I I hope that I I can say this as kind of a kind of an abstract call to action. Ed Vallejo's old nickname was "Wrong Way Joe Biden." My my abstract call to action uh, is that this is the time to push all the more. They are desperate now. Uh, speed to be 69 on YouTube. We should have age limits for anyone in office. No, 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 no. That's 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 not even a band-aid on a gaping wound. To Reuters, Brazil's Bolsonaro hospitalized to find cause of hiccups, presidency says. This was another another president, another na national leader, uh, who has been skeptical about the COVID racket. Interesting. I had a stubborn cough. More recently, hiccups. Three other world leaders dead who have challenged the COVID narrative of late. From the Associated Press, U.S. COVID-19 cases rising again, doubling over three weeks. Math, fear, be afraid of numbers. See the chart. The COVID-19 curve in the U.S. is rising again after months of decline with the number of new cases per day doubling over the past three weeks, driven by the fast-spreading Delta variant, lagging vaccination rates, and 4th of July gatherings, of course. Daily Mail, Moderna launches clinical trial testing whether its COVID-19 vaccine leads to miscarriages or stillbirths in pregnant women or birth defects in newborns despite thousands of mothers-to-be receiving the shot. Like, you would think... I mean, Joey is a mother, right? You would think that there would be some like, hey, let's get everybody except pregnant women the shot or 
everybody except nursing mothers or like if everybody else gets the shot and it works and it, it if you're a nursing mother you should you should not risk this it's better to practice hygienic isolation why is that not a thing anymore it's not a thing it's not a thing at all to begin with this is not while i was pregnant they wanted to do a biopsy on my cervix they wanted to get up in there while i was pregnant while my 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 baby was forming and no, don't do that. You're not going to go poke knives at me when my kids are there. Oh, well, we want to check for some set. Does it have to do with the pregnancy? No. Well, then it can wait. And then not to mention when you get into the hospital, the, the epidural, that's fentanyl. So they're giving women fentanyl right before they nurse their child for the very first time. So that's a thing. No, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, no, it's, it's taking. I, I suppose the medical. Well, we 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 did a, a special episode on this. I believe we released an extended segment on how uh, the medical industry just fucks with women. You know, the, in clinical trials and prescription policies and medical attention and misdiagnoses, uh, it's pretty bad. So that the, there's a, an extended racket specifically to take advantage of pregnancy makes perfect sense t3 on youtube sorry this sounds like a conspiracy but the insurrection was set up by the dems to derail the legal process happening in the capital that day to ensure election integrity to hear the truth uh you have a follow-up comment there um i, I don't know about that but it, january 6th the 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 uh capital the, the staged insurrection the false flag insurrection it was it, trying to say the dems were behind it as opposed to puppets profiteering from it you know, gaining more power, playing the victim, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that doesn't necessarily, necessarily say who's behind it, but some, certainly someone with overlapping interests. All right, we're going to wrap up our COVID headlines and get to our guests in a hurry here. Daily Mail, Moderna launches clinical trial. Oh, wait, we just read this one. Um, yeah, uh, but the, my, the my bullet points on this. keep up with your headlines, by the way. That's so okay, as audience. long as the guest is ready. We'll get to the guest in a minute. Yeah, we're going to breeze through a few of these. Moderna will soon conduct trials to det- you're doing a great job here. Keep mm-hmm. it up. Moderna will soon conduct trials to determine whether their vaccine is safe for pregnant women. You know that vaccine we've been given to pregnant women? Now we're going to see if it's safe. I think you got that backwards. The CDC does not recommend for or against pregnant women getting vaccinated. Pregnant women are more likely to suffer from negative outcomes from COVID-19. Other studies are being conducted to determine how effective the COVID-19 vaccines are for pregnant women. Yeah. Woo. From uh, Cover Media at Yahoo, WHO, WHO warns of chaos. Yeah, that chaos. If people have freedom to choose different COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> Choice. That's chaos. Central planning. That's order. Some 1984 shit. Yeah. But this is that they start mixing. The organization's chief scientist says Sumia Swaminathan insists public health authorities must use the available data to decide how vaccines are administered, claiming individuals shouldn't take it upon themselves to mix and match jabs from different manufacturers or decide when to have them. Some countries are planning to roll out a third vaccine or booster shot to those most at risk of becoming seriously ill from COVID-19 before winter hits later this year, and there's concern about how this will be monitored. Uh, Brian Cowell on YouTube, it should be noted that there was a study that came out that said four out of five pregnant women that took the shot had miscarriages. Yeah, yeah, I think we covered that a couple weeks ago. 
Um, I had to pull up on my phone at least. I don't know. Did that make it into the show? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a serious trend with miscarriages and vaccines, and it's all in the realm of, well, we can't prove it yet because we don't have reliable statistics because we don't keep reliable statistics. You release them to the public, and you go, well, this is a study with limited but reliable statistics saying don't take the shot. Lil Venice on YouTube, I know this is the wrong channel to say this, but been safe for me. Don't give a fuck if you don't want to take it though. No, that's and you know, I'm and that since I'm I am relatively moderate on the vaccines, but uh what if there's the possibility that you by getting the vaccine are hurting other people with your negligence? What if by getting the vaccine you are shedding mRNA? I mean it's mRNA, it's a part of the virus. You are making it harder for people who want to hygienically isolate to hygienically isolate. And you are exposing them. Perhaps you are contributing to the blood clotting issue, as has been hypothesized. We don't know the mechanism of operation here, but that people who are vaccinated are getting uh, the mRNA in them. And then when they get the side effects, think about this. If your side effect is coughing, you are broadcasting, you are coughing out the virus particles, whatever it is that's causing that cough in you. Hypothetically, that might be uh, causing the blood clotting issues in women who didn't get the vaccine. And we've seen enough significant reports. This is no longer just a rumor or rumors. This is, uh, you know, something that we are getting enough reports of that you have to say undecided and let's assume the worst until we figure it out because this this is a significant growing thing. Um, as for the Olympics, how are they adapting to this? The athletes, according to the Associated Press, Olympic athletes are going to put on their own medals at the Tokyo ceremony. Oh, my God. And that's how you stop COVID from happening. And with that insanity, we end today's COVID block with more COVID vitamins. And keep the comments coming. It's good comments. Uh, It's switch hour. Don't forget. Empty matter. Second hour is switch hour. Smoke weed every day. Is that how we're doing it now? <laughs> I like that. Well, when we get back from our interview, we've got some Cuba headlines and we've got some good news cannabis headlines. So with that, let's get our guest up on screen here. Do we have him? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is Ian Peak, Bird Truther. First and foremost, he joins us today because he's a bird truther. Car battery disposal expert. Um, We're also going to talk about that because I I have a few here we're going to have to get to. A bean enthusiast. I I don't know what you're talking about. I hate beans. They're a musical fruit. But he's also a longtime activist uh, when he's not having fun with... Heretical and satirical activism. He works diligently behind the scenes for the LP, Libertarian Party, and the movement as a whole. He's been a candidate twice with ballot access for two different electoral districts in Illinois. So definitely with uh, not only a serious parody resume, but a serious serious resume as an activist having, uh, having made significant achievements, clearly put in the time and talent and diligent work, a four-time local affiliate chair for the LP, held numerous positions within the Libertarian Party of Illinois uh, state party leadership structure, been on a dozen campaigns, and uh, has has been successful and learned a lot from that, of course. 
And his bio ends with, he owns more comic books than you do. And if he doesn't, he wonders how much you'd sell your collection to him for. Uh, Ian, I, I have about 200 comic books from from uh, my my childhood. Do you have, you have more than 200? Uh, I more, yes. Yeah, yeah that's not much of a feat. I, I have some good ones, though. Do you know the series Weird War Tales? I'm not familiar, no. Ooh. That was. I wonder if that helped make me a libertarian. It was a comic. I'm, I'm a Wolverine fan, oh. but Weird War Tales was like my one special, you know, my one special comic fetish. And it was like ghosts in old war. It was really, really, yeah, mind blowing stuff. Maybe, cool. maybe if you show me one of your bird drones that you've captured, um, I'll, I'll show you some Weird War Tales. I don't uh, have to take prisoners. <laughs> Good answer. All right, so Ian. Uh, <laughs> One thing to get out of the way, I think, seriously first here, uh, why are you a libertarian? Uh, I guess the short, short answer, I could, the shortest answer I could give is Ron Paul, duh, same as everybody else, right? Um, I came from the left. Uh, Barack Obama was supposed to be my savior. I, my two biggest issues when I was a kid in 2008 were uh, endless warfare and the war on drugs. I hated the Patriot Act. I hated everything about George Bush. So I proudly cast my first vote at age 20 in 2008 for Barack Obama because he was supposed to end all these things that I hated so much. And he just made all of them worse. Uh, the drug war got worse. And he, he renewed the Patriot Act and then uh, implemented the NSA. Uh, he started four new wars on top of Bush's three. And so I became um, just apolitical. Uh, as the 2012 elections approached, it got harder and harder to ignore everyone that was participating in the primaries. And I hear this little uh, spunky congressman from Texas talking about legalizing heroin and, and bringing the troops home. And I'm like, hmm, am I a Republican? Am I a Republican after all? Uh, <laughs> once, once Mitt Romney got the nomination, no. <laughs> I was a Republican for about five days before I Googled Libertarian Party candidate for president. And I, I immediately joined the Libertarian Party right then in 2012. <clears throat> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate to say I told you so about Obama, but man, did we tell you I've, I've been around a little bit longer. No, it's, 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 it's nice to hear your story and connect it to recent history and, and, and what we're experiencing now, because we're going to come back to that, but you're the birds aren't real guy. Like, is that, is that, are you, is that you? I don't are know. You really? I don't know if I'm the birds aren't real guy. I'm a, a birds aren't real guy. I'm, I'm okay, very passionate about it. Uh, very involved. Okay. Uh, yes, thank you, Kevin Lewis. Birds are not real. Uh, yes, but with Twitch comments, Twitch comments, birds equal tiny dinosaurs. Thank you, Mike Freeman, also on YouTube. Uh, but, but Ian, this, this came to me. I saw some dumb meme, birds aren't real. I can't even remember what it was. Uh, birds aren't real. They're all government drones. And then it became a running joke in our producers club and, and with the show on Adam versus the man, are you partly responsible for this? I would like to hope so. I, I, I don't know that I can take credit realistically, but uh, man, gosh, that'd be cool if I was. <laughs> well, can, can you even explain it to me? Cause it's an inside joke that I perpetuate that honestly, other than like, ah, oh, they're all drones. Birds aren't real. Here's this out there conspiracy theory that, makes conspiracy theories and government seem ridiculous at the same time. I don't get it. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where it came from. I think that it was a legitimate conspiracy theory at some point in the 80s that in uh, between 1959 and 1970s, 
the government brutally slaughtered 12 billion birds and gradually replaced them with uh, surveillance drones. That's why you see them um, posted up on power lines. That's how they charge their batteries. Uh, if you, you know, if you go, if you go like pheasant hunting or duck hunting or whatever, and you cut one open and you eat these delicious birds, that's nanotechnology. It's supposed to be realistic. They don't want you to know. You know they don't want you to know that it's a robot. You know, the other day a bird pooped on my car and then cops were following me around all day. <laughs> okay okay uh so there's a tinfoil hat paranoia element to this as well uh but it illuminates some serious issues actually the first one that occurs to me is is the bird die-offs is that something you've looked into as, uh, as a government skeptic conspiracy enthusiast as as an animal lover it's it's one of the aspects of the uh the bird truthing that i haven't delved into too much it's just i've had I have a personality disorder. It's just too heavy on my heart. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, because I've, I've seen some of these. Uh, let's see, on YouTube, uh, Spodaby69, all the birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them and replacing them with spies that are now watching us. Yeah, see, it's it was 1986, obviously. Uh, but no, the, the, these bird die-offs, I mean, it's the first thing. I mean, I definitely consider myself a nature lover, an animal lover. Um, but it is it is rather disturbing and some of them are natural, sort of evolutionary population shifts. Birds flock in large numbers, occasionally will naturally die in large numbers. But we've also seen massive bird die-offs for, for, for you know, no reason or for massive pollution reasons. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, well, it's just it's the same reason you don't see BlackBerry phones anymore. Once they become obsolete, they go away. That's that's, that's, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty cut and dry. New technology. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: What do you think the, the NSA NSA's logo is a bird? <laughs> <laughs> this is all making sense now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think you're too dumb to see it, but. <laughs> now, now there's one of the things that that I appreciate about about this inside joke, uh, or maybe not so inside joke now, is that it, it, you know, it's, it's sort of a libertarian inside joke, is that it, it, it we, we are in a weird phase where uh, we should be paranoid, right? We are right to be paranoid. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, like, just, to just go over the top and say, birds aren't real, they're all fucking government drones, it's all nanotech, their eyes are cameras, and they have they look real and you can still eat them, but they're all just uh, they're all just government drones. So it means uh, you have no sense of privacy unless unless you're inside and the windows are, are, are covered and there are no birds who snuck inside, and your cell phone is in the other room and there's no electronic device hooked up to the internet and no way that remote eavesdropping could be penetrating that space and no bugs or hidden cameras and i mean like you got it if, if you're not in that space you have to assume that your life is no longer private and as long as government has the back door to all of those technologies or is operating them them, them directly like holy shit uh does that scare you yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's terrifying. Um, I'm, for the most part, I'm fairly law abiding. I uh, I speed a little, um, but <laughs> you know, I, I when you're I, a libertarian, you don't do any illegal drugs. Uh, not in my old age. I'm not as cool as I used to be in my mid twenties. You're old. 
your old age. Oh, you're making me feel older. <laughs> How old are you, Ian? I, uh, I should. I know I age very gracefully, but I am 34. 34? Fuck you. I'm 39. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Really? Really, really, you millennials. Now I want to say, fuck you. I'm a Gen Xer. I've always wanted to say I'm a millennial. But now you're a 34-year-old trying to sit here telling me you're too old to do drugs. And oh, man. Now, oh, now I'm an angry Gen Xer. I'm on the cuff. I'm like, at 39, you get to decide to identify as Gen X or millennials. And I've always said, I want to identify with the younger generation and be the older brother of the millennials. Now... I don't want. I don't want anything to do with you guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> too many drugs. Yeah. Right. I, I just. I, I don't have the, the drugs that I like. I don't have time to be that high for that long these days. You know. Well, Chicago. That's so you're, That's you're, you're. Are you? Are you a pot smoker? Is that legal where you are now? It is mostly legal as long as you do it exactly the way the state tells you to do it, uh, which exactly. is too expensive for most people. Um, <laughs> so for most people, no, it's still not legal. Um, <laughs> I was a pot yeah. smoker for a long time, uh, a big stoner uh, from probably about the time I was 12 years old. I grew up in a small town, so we, we all started young there until about, I don't know, age 27 or so. Just stopped doing anything for me. Uh, all right. Well, as long as you don't, as long as you smoke the grass and don't park on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, uh, Jay Lee Porter on YouTube, the CIA in the early 60s funded Hitchcock to make a movie about this to prepare the elite. <laughs> Okay, so Ian, the, the, part of what I love about this this joke is that it, it makes you just sort of throw up your hands and and accept and 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 laugh at this absurd situation. Um, I mean, does this is is that part of it for you? Does this motivate you? It's it doesn't motivate me. It just I, I post the memes and they make me giggle. Um, but yes. you like laughing at this. Is it important? Yes. I mean, I hope you're one of you're you're not one. We should have a like I okay, I hate to sidebar and interrupt my guest and talk so much. But as long as we have like this, we're going through a period of major caucus upheaval in, in the in the Libertarian Party. Uh we need to have a laugh the state away caucus. Like People that. who like to laugh at government and the absurdity because there's too much. There are too many humorless assholes, and that's yeah. the best way to keep out the plants and the birds, right? And because birds don't laugh, have you noticed that? Have you ever heard a bird <laughs> laugh? Don't. Birds don't. don't laugh. That means they're all FBI informants or agents. Um, that's the most likely conclusion. Uh, but no, there's there's a reason. It's really really important to uh, to laugh. I agree. Yeah. In, in in the face of death, in the face of adversity, you know, I'll, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna repeat my uh, my my background here uh, on my laptop. I'm gonna pick this up and show people that how important this is to remind myself. My show, I want my laptop is fucky. Every time I plug it, my show laptop has this as the background. The John Lennon quote: "When it gets down to having to use violence, then you are playing the system's game. The establishment." will irritate you, pull your beard, flick your face to make you fight because once they've got you violent, then they know how to handle you. The only thing they don't know how to handle is nonviolence and humor. So, Ian, will, will you join me right now in co-founding the, uh, what, what should we call it, the Libertarian Parody Caucus? I'm with it, yeah, I'm with it. I bet we can get teams of premium on that. The Parody Caucus, I like it. 
Is that yeah. it? We can't do anything any better than that. <laughs> That's our 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 is our slogan. the parody caucus. Okay. There'd be a lot of appeal. We'd be able to. We'd have a, a very unique ability to work within all the other caucuses. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Matt Baxley, Ed is a pet bird, and the FBI found him in Gardenia. Coincidence? I think not. Well, you know, Ian, um, I, I think uh, there, there's a there, there's a criteria and an automatic enrollment policy in the PACA caucus, uh, in the PACA, uh, the parody caucus, which is that if you like to laugh and you're a member of the Libertarian Party, you are automatically a member of the parody caucus, right? So anybody who says, oh, I'm not a member of the parody caucus is basically identifying themselves as a government agent. And it's very, very practical. I, yeah, no, that's, that's a very useful tool in rooting out moles and uh, uh, other, you know, never-do-wells. <laughs> and we get to laugh away the state in the process. Uh, yeah. Any, any thoughts? I mean, as long as I, I don't know if you caught yesterday's episode, we did a, we did a whole three-hour in-depth special on COINTELPRO and all the related subjects of political repression and, and how that might be relevant uh, to our current work as libertarian activists. Have you considered that and how that might be relevant to, to what you do? Uh, I, I think there's some overlap. I think there's some overlap between COINTELPRO and bird truthing. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. I'm not as smart about COINTELPRO as I should be. I should have watched yesterday's episode than I would be. But well, <laughs> how does it work? I hope everybody does. But Ian, I know you've been around enough. You are not. You're not ignorant to the concept of political sabotage and repression. And I'm pretty sure a bird uh, snuck into the convention last year at one point and and was inside the Libertarian Party National Convention Hall. So Ian, I'll, I'll, let's let's transition then to. Your more serious endeavors with the Libertarian Party. Uh, what, what's I mean of all you, you? What did you run for? You were two-time candidate. What did you run for, and why? In How'd 20, that go? In 2018, I ran for county board uh, because there was not going to be a candidate on the ballot um, other than the Republican incumbent. If I didn't, and I didn't want that to happen in my own backyard, um, I had no intention of running for office that year. Um, but when I saw that this incumbent Republican is the vice chair of the county board serving as a, running for his sixth term, I said, you know, um, I'm going to go for it. Uh, I managed to, with no money and no volunteers, I managed to, to conjure up 20% of the vote in the county where uh, the voters typically vote, uh, three to 4% of the voters come out to vote for the libertarian candidates. So I think that it was a, it was a pretty strong showing for the libertarian party in Jefferson County, Illinois. Uh, I did obtain ballot access for Jefferson County, Illinois, District 6. So the next time somebody wants to do it, they won't have to go out in the summer heat and knock on 200 doors just to get themselves on the ballot. They only have to knock on <laughs> like six or so. So um, it won't be me. It's someone else's turn. Uh, in 2020, I ran for state representative just for the simple fact that in Illinois, the ballot access laws are so strict that um, – State representative candidates, congressional candidates, state senate candidates, they don't make the ballot. Like the statewide candidates make the ballot because you have the entire state party going out and getting the signatures that you need. Um, we get money from national to pay paid petitioners to help, that sort of thing. 
than the local candidates where, you know, you only have to get 200, 600 signatures. That's a lot more doable. So we, we see those candidates make the ballot. But um, your state reps, your state senate, your, con- your congressional candidates, they, they very seldom make the ballot. But they handed us ballot access because of COVID. You couldn't go out into the crowd. You couldn't go door to door. So in a race where I would typically have to get about 4,000 signatures, I only had to get about 400. And that seemed like a really good opportunity. Um, so I took it. You know, something just occurred to me because it, it's been very frustrating to see how Libertarian Party activism has been negatively impacted from COVID, going back to the presidential nomination last year, to everything with ballot access, to, to, to how Joe uh, and Spike struggled uh, against some of the dynamics around COVID that were obviously intended to serve the duopoly one way or another. Uh, Awakening Bear, what is this after? Larry Bird, a ginger that's created basketball. Very suspect, very suspect. Uh, no, but uh, Ian, where I wanted to go with that. Um, what? <laughs> God damn. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it racist? I don't know. Do gingers have souls? Good question. Inquire minds want to know. But uh, this this idea that they're sending out COVID vaccine pushers to knock on doors right now, yeah. does that present an opportunity for libertarian activism? You can't get people to come to events. You, you can't really connect with people through other traditional means electorally. But if government just said it's okay to knock on doors to push a vaccine, certainly it's okay to knock on doors to talk about the politics about who's paying for who to go knock on doors to talk about a vaccine. <laughs> I think there's a point to be made there. Uh, in Southern Illinois, I, people here in Illinois, they, they think Chicago. I'm closer to St. Louis or Kentucky than I am uh, that cesspool. But in Southern Illinois, it's it's more or less back to normal now. You don't see you don't see masks anymore. You don't. Uh, we we gather in big crowds. We go out to the bar. Um, well, hold on, hold on. You said Southern Illinois. Can you explain the demographic distinction there? Whereas the rural urban divide between Chicago Metro and the rest of Illinois is about as stark as anywhere in the world. It's it's a really interesting place to live. You get all the terrible neoliberal democratic policies from Chicago because 60% of the population is Chicago. So 60% of your elected officials are in Chicago with all of the culture of Trump country. So it's just, it's literally the worst of both worlds down here. Uh, I don't know why I'm still here. <laughs> good, oh, good, good luck getting elected after saying that. You don't get to talk shit about your home, whatever, and, and have your constituents still elect you. Sil- silly, honest libertarian. How dare you? I'm how dare from, you I'm be honest? I'm retired from running. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work in the background <laughs> from now on. Well, how how dare you not lie like a good good old politician, like a duopoly candidate? That's why, that's why libertarians can't win elections. We can't stop telling the truth. God damn it! Uh, but yeah, what about in Chicago and in, in Chicago Metro? Are they still, uh, you know, suffering from covidiacy and wearing masks and pushing jabs and all that? Uh, that I don't know. I um I have a few friends up that way. Uh, most mostly most of them are people I know through the Libertarian Party, and I know that they uh tend to have a little bit different outlook on a lot of things than the rest of Chicago. Um, but I'm not I'm not too sure what the culture is up there. What uh what's going on up there? So what's next for you? I mean, what do you think is and, and for the party? You know, what do you think is uh, the, the, I I want to I mean I really should have asked that as two separate questions, but. 
um, they're, they kind of follow, you know, together as in given where we are right now with birds everywhere, you know, what, what is the greatest opportunity for the Libertarian Party to apply our efforts, our circumstance, our current resources and, and, and situational tactic, whatever, to uh, the cause of achieving a voluntary society, a world set free in our lifetime. And so then where in that do you see a role for yourself, if not running for office? Um, I think that we really need to focus on creating more libertarians. There's a lot of people out there that lean very libertarian on most issues. I know when I first joined the party, like I would have been. I'm glad I wasn't on Facebook for the longest time because if uh, I had joined libertarian groups in 2012 with the beliefs that I held, like, oh man, y'all would have been so mean to me. Because I know how you, I know how you people are on Facebook, and I'm I'm one of them sometimes. And I, I, Us people, <laughs> but uh, you know, they, they they lean libertarian on a lot of issues, and they they're willing to budge if they. Uh, hold on, hold on. The mean libertarians on the internet are just birds. <laughs> no, I actually know some of them in person, and they're they're just assholes. And I love them; they're my assholes. But I, uh, it is what it is. Um, they're real. <laughs> you know, I, I think that cre creating more libertarians is the way to go. I think the way that you do that is you run inspiring candidates like uh, yourself, Vermin Supreme. Um, you know, Jacob Hornberger was a great candidate. If you're already a libertarian, he said all the right things. Like I loved, I loved his his platform. I loved his message. But I don't think it resonates with somebody who's on the fence about uh, like certain key issues or someone who did, the Federal Reserve just is not on their radar. You know, um, Spike Cohen, you know, these are the, the Larry, uh, Larry Sharp. These are the really inspiring candidates that uh, make people sit and rethink their positions and sit and uh, rethink their their party allegiance. I think another well, way. That let, you... let, let me challenge you on some of that, uh, okay. because I, I, I like your analysis and I'm flattered. Um, but but you know, and and I would say that there's there's certainly something in in my presentation and in my resume that is inspiring of turning on the mil on on militarism as a combat veteran and and civil disobedience activism and media production. But I would hope that what's inspiring about my platform and my candidacy is that it's a meaningful policy alternative of localization of taking the federal government through a peaceful, orderly, responsible bankruptcy process. And we found that that was something that, that inspired and motivated people uh, the way that Ron Paul, his edge was he was the only one in the Republican primary telling the truth. And that reached someone like you. And I, I, will, I will give you that Vermin Supreme, although I think he has other weaknesses with this strategy, does qualify as inspiring someone, uh, inspiring people, because his message is the whole thing's a fucking joke. Let's be in on the joke, right? right there's right. there's something in that 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 people find motivating. Where I think you are correct to point out, but I would say most of those other people you mentioned even have fallen for the bullying of people who want us to be ashamed of our true principled message and who we really are. Maybe you can speak to this, but I think one of the goals of subverting the freedom movement is to make us self-conscious about our message. So instead of putting out the candidates who inspire and motivate us and got us here, we put out boring candidates because we go, well, we have to put on a suit and tie and be socially liberal and fiscally conservative or the mainstream won't like us. And that's not true. That's the right. that's our competition tricking us into giving up our greatest strength. 
I agree. I no, I do, I definitely agree with that. I don't think we should water down our message. Uh, there's there's a way to package our message. Um, I agree with almost everything that Arvin Voris says. I disagree with the way that he he, he sells it. You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, there's there's you don't have to water down your principles, um, and you can still have an inspired message. A powerful message, you know, and uh, I, I personally think I, the, the, what draws me to libertarianism is I think it's the most compassionate and the most utilitarian philosophy that I've ever heard of. Uh, if I find one that's that's more of both of those, then maybe I'll, I'll jump ship. But um, I think that we can message with compassion. I think we can show that libertarian ideas benefit the most possible people. They benefit almost everyone except for the people that uh, the working class hate, like the politicians and the cronies. Um, and I, I think that if we just drive on those points, we don't have to water down the message at all. It's just a matter of how we package it. It's not so much like abolish public schools. It's your, your children deserve better. And here's how we can get there. Yeah. See, this is, this is why I think localization is the way to achieve that because we don't, we can still inspire people with the principles and say, none of the consequences, none of the negative externalities that are even hypothetical about a libertarian society or vision it's like let's just go local you get what you want in your community you get what you want in your community so anyway enough enough, enough about that but ian what so what's what's the most exciting role for you then in in the future of this movement uh right now i am managing a campaign that i'm not qualified to manage but it's okay i've surrounded <laughs> myself with people that know what they're doing that's that's <laughs> most libertarian campaign managers by the way I think 90, 98%-ish of libertarian campaign managers could say that. Uh, well, good, good. At least I'm in good company then. Um, Scott Schluter, who I believe you're having on later this week, um, at least in the near future, is running for governor of Illinois. And uh, he, that was the first, his, his campaign for state representative was the first campaign I ever worked on uh, in 2016. And that's kind of where it all started. Um put me down the rabbit hole of libertarian activism. So when he asked me if I would take on the reign of a uh, chief cat herder, I was, I was, it was hard for me to say no. So I didn't, um, <laughs> I quickly found myself in over my head, but I've surrounded myself with people. Uh, we've, we've got the, the team structures. Uh, we call it the megazords. So we've, we've got, we've got someone who's like really good at like the digital marketing and communications that serves in like a, like an advisory role. You've got someone who's real good at just like campaign strategy in general who serves in an advisory role. Uh, we've got uh, social media people. We've got we've, we've got people that can, can fill in all the gaps that I can't. The stuff I'm good at, I'm good at. And the stuff I'm not, I'm stealing notes from the people that are. So I will be better at it uh, as, as we get further and further into the election cycle. I'm really excited about it because mm, Illinois just, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick, but uh we haven't had a good gubernatorial candidate in a long time. And Scott's a great candidate. He's charismatic. He's radical, but he knows how he knows how to read the room. He knows when to, uh, you know, talk about the Constitution. He knows when to talk about, you know, government as violence. Um, he knows, you know, he knows like that. He just knows how to sell it. He knows how to sell the message. Uh, when I was a baby libertarian, just uh, getting involved in activism, and I still had all these terrible beliefs that would have gotten laughed that have gotten me laughed off libertarian Facebook. Scott taught me a lot of, uh, of the, just showed me like a lot of the things I was wrong about. <laughs> Let's call it a spade a spade. So it's really exciting to see him, uh, 
step up to such a big race. And it's really humbling to be asked to uh, spearhead the, the, the back end of it. <clears throat> Do you get the feeling that Chicago, or I should say Illinois, is on the verge of a, a, a phase shift or a, a paradigm shift or uh, ready for a candidate like that to break through? And I would ask that in the greater context of is America, is the world – do you, do you share my feels that, you know, the world is this close, humanity is this close to realizing that our governments are run by criminals? I think so. After George Floyd in Chicago, the riots were uh, astounding. And Gail Lightfoot um, implemented a curfew 15 minutes before, or announced a curfew 15 minutes before it was implemented. And they raised the bridges, trapped all these protesters in downtown Chicago. Uh, these these people they were beaten they were tear gassed they were the uh, the what is it the pepper bullets or whatever, um, just police brutality on a massive scale. You know some of these guys were like throwing bricks and, and burning buildings and stuff like that. And but some of them were just there with signs, and chanting you know hand in hand saying like you know this is wrong. And uh, she betrayed her constituents. She was elected because she was supposed to be this progressive, this champion of criminal justice reform. And she she betrayed her constituents. Um, and th- that was a really interesting thing about George Floyd is we saw people taking to the streets and marching and demanding libertarian solutions to criminal justice reform. Um, I think that Chicago is ready for it. I think East St. Louis is ready for it. I think the inner cities especially know that Republicans and Democrats both don't care about them. They've given up on them long and long ago. And um, like I say, libertarianism is the most compassionate, the most utilitarian philosophy in the world so when scott goes to the inner cities and say hey you know what if uh i tell you that i can come up with a system where you don't you don't have to send your your kid to the closest school and you're you know at home you can send them to whatever school you want here's a voucher you know uh it's going to resonate with them when he um when he says hey we're going to tear down all this like uh, anti-homeless architecture no more spikes on park benches yes under bridges you know we're going to tear that down it's going to resonate with people um, I, I think they are ready for it. And I think that uh, to our demerit, libertarians have ignored these demographics. We always go after the disaffected Republicans or the, uh, like, the yeah, no, you got to go out. They're way more, way more non-voters, traditional mm-hmm. non-voters or occasional voters or apathetic centrists and moderates. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think that's a way more uh, low hanging fruit for us as libertarians than banging our heads against the walls of the, uh, the idiots who are committed to their statist ideologies. Um, and I, I appreciate that, that, that you say that from the experience of being someone who made that transition relatively recently, I mean, from Obama to now and being able to say that, uh, you, you know, you weren't that committed and that, you, you know, you have a good perspective by which to help us grow the movement. I think also, uh, it, Ron Paul got us all the low-hanging fruit on the right, if anything, uh, reaching out to the left slightly more than center, if anything, making a specific effort there. I think uh, there, there might be some opportunities similarly that Ron Paul got from the right to explore on the left. But generally, yes, it's more the centrists who are, who are disaffected. Ian, it's been a lot of fun talking to you, man. Any final thoughts on, on anything? Um, where do we want to go with the parody caucus? 
Uh, we've already touched base on birds, so I think that you know we should do an educational campaign on how to properly dispose of your batteries, car batteries, in the <laughs> safest and legalist thrilling way. Remember, the parody caucus, it's a real caucus, but it's also a parody. And if you're a member of the Libertarian Party and you like to laugh, you're already a member. Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you. Anything you want to say to, to uh, for websites to plug other than LP.org? LPIN uh, and, and any any personal stuff, feel free. I've got nothing in the works right now. I'm, after this campaign's over next year, then I've, I'm probably going to have some some stuff launching, but nothing today. What's the campaign website? Uh, it is Scott for Illinois. Or I'm sorry, that's I'm that was I'm stupid. It's that's Scott the parody Schuller, website. S c h l u t e r dot com. Scott Schluter. Scott with. Uh, two T's. Two S-C-O-T-T-S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R. T's. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Ian. Thank you. Remember, birds aren't real. Birds are not real. But the parody caucus is. <laughs> All right. With that, we have a few more headlines to get to today. Uh, the rap.com. Into, well, let's check in with Ant uh, before we, we're taking on Ant two more times on the show here since we didn't get to before the interview. Ant. Hey. Uh, comments, contests, kind of all over the place at this point. Yeah, they, they really are. Um, there, there was one that I found interesting, and I, I, it's already long gone. I wrote it, part of it down from Adam Denke on Facebook. says the biggest threat is from over uh, catching in, in commercial fishing process, which I found interesting. He had some other numbers with statistics about how much oxygen is created and whatnot, which really, I guess... Uh, Damaging our oceans uh, would be a pretty big, pretty big threat to our health, and not just individually, but as a whole, as a species. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, apps that. Ooh, thank you for pointing. Yeah, true. Sad fact. Yeah, sad fact. Uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is, but hey, you want me to debate anybody? We have the platform. We will bring them on the show anytime. I was actually thinking, like, while I was talking to Ian, there would be fun to just be like, be that guy who can just any status wants to debate a libertarian. You can always come on Anna versus the man. Um, we could get that out there. We might have some help coming uh, with a new guest booker. It'd be a lot of fun to get that out. All right, Ant. Anything you want to see from the comments in our last twenty minutes here? No, I. I you know, uh, there's a few that uh, made Adam laugh. If you have a, even if it's a talking about the parody caucus even if it's a parody health issue the greatest health let's let's get some more in here before you know the end of the hour here you got about another 15 or so minutes so biggest threat to your health it could be funny it could be something serious like the you know overfishing in the ocean but I'd, I'd like to see some more some more stuff coming so I've been kind of surprised by a few of the answers so well, I think we got the slogan for the parody caucus, although I'm open to more suggestions if someone wants to think of one for that. Birds aren't real, but the parody caucus is. <laughs> Empty matter. You were on a show a couple of years back. Uh, Jesse Lee Peter. Peterson. Well, then we'll totally have him on. That sounds great. All right. To the wrap. Independent journalists covering Cuban protests detained live on air. Yeah, Cuban police knocked on... Dina Starr's door in the middle of her TV interview. Wow. 
Dina Starr is an independent journalist and YouTube star who's been covering the protests in Cuba, was rounded up by police during wow. a television appearance on Tuesday. How perfect is that? Wow. During her appearance on Spain's Cuatro TV, Dave, she was speaking to Marta Flitch. Sorry, Marta Flitch. Flick? <clears throat> when she announced in Spanish that state police were outside and she had to go see what was going on, Flitch encouraged her to go while a commentator word aloud. She was about to be arrested on live television. Stars left her camera with a friend and the confrontation was subsequently captured on the feed. Though Flitch repeatedly encouraged the friend not to endanger herself in the process of recording it. We don't know what's going to happen now, said Flitch in Spanish. No sé qué pasó ahora, said Flitch in Spanish. I think too close enough. Uh, just before stars came back in the frame and said she was told to go with the police and would have her friends trail them to wherever she was taken. Stars has been actively covering the ongoing protests against Cuba's government and the financial strains on Cubans who are seeking access to health care. And in many protests, demanding government officials step down on Twitter, her bio translates to behind every woman. There is a story that makes her a warrior. She has 26,000 followers on that platform, 99,000 on Instagram, 36,000 on YouTube. Florida Senator Marco Rubio, whose own parents left Cuba for the U.S. before he was born, shared her story online, and he was not alone. Julie Chung, acting assistant secretary for the Department of State's Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs, wrote, The world is watching Cuban authorities arrest and beat dozens of peaceful protesters and independent voices, including Dina Starrs. Many remain missing. We join their families and call for their immediate release. The repression must end and the people's voices must be heard. Yeah, th th there's more crazy shit going on in Cuba. Uh, we have we, we covered this glancingly as part of our COINTELPRO story or COINTELPRO episode yesterday. There's definitely a lot more going on here. We are going to keep covering this. And I do think there's going to be some good summary reporting of what we missed in the coming weeks. So we will be coming back yeah, to that. They're blocking traffic in Florida right yeah. now over Cuba. That just uh, came across the old water cooler. Twelve lanes of traffic in Miami blocked by protesters. Cuban-Americans in Cuban solidarity Americans. with Cuban protesters. Kevin Lewis on YouTube. Contest the Democratic Party. They raise my blood pressure. If the Democratic Party raises your blood pressure and the Republican Party doesn't raise your blood pressure, you're probably getting your news from a biased source. Mike Freeman, contest. My job, I'm a trucker, and while humans are idiots behind the wheel, those damn birds target my windshield at the worst possible moments. All right. Uh, the follow-up on this uh, next story from CubaMediaite.com. Mayor of Miami on bombing Cuba. That option is one that has to be explored. Wow. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez appeared on Fox News Tuesday to offer suggestions on, on the how the United States should respond to the unrest in Cuba, where tens of thousands of protesters have risen up against the communist regime. Suarez told Fox News anchor Martha McCallum, he thinks military options should be on the table. Wow. Yeah, is, quote... It is, it's difficult for any elected official, Republican or Democrat, not to take the side of the Cuban people when they see images of people risking their lives protesting in the streets. Suarez then suggested using the U.S. military to assist the protesters. That's worked so well in the past. Oh, my God. Like, how ignorant of history do you have to be? What I'm suggesting is that option, uh, that, that, that option of airstrikes in Cuba is one that has to be explored and cannot 
be just simply discarded as an option that is not on the table. And there's a variety of ways the military can do it, but that's something that needs to be discussed. It needs to be looked as a potential option in addition to a variety of other options that can be discussed. I'm like, okay, can we, then are, when you're done, are you going to bomb Washington, D.C.? Uh, XX Jack Mac XX on YouTube. They start to my eldest government malfeasance starting wars because they can't afford a pay cut like the rest of us. All right, to the Haiti assassination. Oh, Jay Lee Porter. They could just airdrop burgers and Glocks. <laughs> I mean, that would be the nicest thing probably we can do for the protesters over there right now. Yeah, maybe. Burgers. McClatchyDC.com. Uh, Multinational investigation. Well, hold on. Let's think about this. What would be like the private sector, the voluntary solution when you see uh, an oppressive government that is that is not your government um, and, and it being being forcibly oppressive and uh, people verbally and, and now in protest resisting that oppression, saying they want it to stop, not that they support it, but that the, the, the vast majority of them clearly do not want this communist regime in power. Um, I think everything you can do to give them supplies. I don't. I don't think I, the problem with the problem with militarism is that it's an in this case is it's an abandonment of due process. If the Cuban people have decided this person needs to die or be pushed back or we need to defend ourselves, then they can make that decision for themselves in the moment. For us to say, well, I think from over here, it looks like those people need to die. Not appropriate. Uh, but to McClatchy, McClatchyDC.com, multinational investigation widens into Haiti assassination, including who bankrolled it. That's right. The middle of the night, Haitian uh, assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise broadened Tuesday with law enforcement in Haiti. And South Florida searching for those who provided logistics and arms for the deadly assault and who bankrolled it. Uh, a waking bear on YouTube contest, the big start to my L, the Sesame Street, they promote Big Bird and always have Big Bird as a pet. He's the bird. <laughs> the big bird, the biggest bird. All right, well, in other news, it's a good thing that the government is protecting the environment for us, as we see from this story uh, from CBS Los Angeles, 17 million gallon sewage spill prompts closure of beaches north of El Segundo uh, because that sewage. Yeah. Who was doing that? Oh, it's a government sewage treatment plant yeah, or Hyperion plant. Uh, Los Angeles County Supervisor Janice Han on Twitter. Uh, power outage. Oh, wait, who's running the electricity? Oh, yeah. A power outage at the Hyperion plant last night caused untreated sewage to be discharged into the ocean. Water samples are being tested, and I'm getting more information about the scope of the problem. Beaches from El Segundo to the, to the Dockweiler RV park are closed for swimming. Oh, my God. Fuck you, government. I mean, I, I hate to see while things are crumbling that there are going to be more environmental disasters, but uh, I do believe we will see in the coming uh, at least couple years before we get through this period of instability. You're going to see more. Wall Street Journal, scary headline. U.S. drug overdose deaths soared nearly 30% in 2020. Fentanyl, fentanyl, along with isolation stress from COVID-19 pandemic, drove increase, experts say. Either way, who's to blame? Government. Thesun.co.uk. STI alert for those of you getting around who can't do your own homework. 
urgent outbreak of syphilis as pandemic sees cases rise. The seven symptoms you need to know. Yeah, uh, apparently it's it's a part of the opening up again. Currently, Ireland is having an outbreak with urgent action required to tackle it. Uh, Melbourne saw a 220% rise in women. I wonder if this is just fear-mongering because like, it went so low and then it's sort of like coming back to normal. But yeah. Now, so this is the, the syphilis is the weird one. Remember, this is what killed uh, Al Capone. A small painless sore or ulcer called a canker will first be spotted for sufferers of primary syphilis. Most people only have one sore, but some people have several. You may also have, what's the matter, dear? Swollen glands in your neck, groin, or armpits. A blotchy red rash, small skin growths, white patches around the mouth, flu-like symptoms. Could be COVID, could be syphilis. Swollen glands, occasionally patchy hair loss. Uh uh-huh. Sexually active people are encouraged to take regular STI tests. And as I would encourage you, uh, don't be afraid. Uh, if you see something, say something. Uh, not publicly, but like if you see something Call out of the someone. norm, there's some weird, get get it, get that shit checked out. Friendly reminder from Adam versus the man. Vice.com, another weird headline. A wave of dogs with severe behavior problems has trainers seriously alarmed. Dog trainers are getting crushed with extreme cases thanks to owners who saw a pandemic pups as loneliness fix, but didn't start with good training. One of Mark Patrick's clients jumped out of a second-story window, another burrowed through a wall to get out of their home, a third busted out of three heavy-duty crates, and all three of those incidents happened in just the last few months. I was afraid it was like um, they've all got covid or it's because they're giving vaccines to dogs. No, it's just people getting shitty and becoming shitty dog owners, at least for the most part. Um, but yeah, it's it's a along with the forced unemployment and COVID shutdown, lockdown, all the economic crises. There's going to be a pet crisis, uh, especially with dogs around this. Uh, Get ready for that. Another quick update on January 6th, because I know you haven't heard enough about it. New York Post. Capital Lego set seized from Ryder. Still in box. Not assembled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting. One more quirk in that story. But in less fun news from AmericanMilitaryNews.com, Capitol Police to use Army surveillance gear to monitor Americans' and identify emerging threats. U.S. Capitol Police will start using Army surveillance equipment to monitor Americans as part of a larger effort to improve security and turn the force into an intelligence-based protective agency in the wake of the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Last week, the United States Capitol Police took possession of eight persistent surveillance systems ground medium units PSSG-M units fulfilling a request that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin approved on June 2nd. The units capture HD video and include night vision but do not feature facial recognition capabilities. Oh, This technology will be integrated with existing USCP camera infrastructure providing greater HD surveillance capacity to meet steady state mission requirements and help identify emerging threats, the Pentagon said. Excuse me. 
disturbing. 1984 shit. But what are they doing to keep us, keep us pacified? Let us get stoned. DNYUZ.com. In a milestone, Schumer will propose federal decriminalization of marijuana. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, it's just, yeah, they're cutting off a tentacle to maintain their power. Uh, but th- this is this is a significant lessening of the brutality of the drug war and the police state. Uh, if, if, if this goes through, we'll see where it goes. Of course, I'm skeptical. I expect it to be slow and in baby steps. Clairvoyant amnesiac Capitol Police will be in every town soon. Now, glorious, we have another cadre of buffoons stomping on the face of the freedom. Indeed. Finally, as G.I. Mary Jane shared in our Producers Club from Medical, Medical Cannabis Network, medical cannabis patients use fewer healthcare resources. Imagine that. Huh. A new study has revealed that medical cannabis patients use fewer healthcare resources and report improved quality of life. Would you look at that? Dun, dun, dun. Told you so. To date, there's been minimal research conducted on whether medical cannabis patients in the U.S. have perceived or actual health benefits from the medicine. Researchers from Johns Hopkins Medicine and the Realm of Caring Foundation have surveyed patients to investigate, finding they reported less pain, better sleep, reduced anxiety, contributing to an overall better quality of life. Shocking, right? The patients also reported taking fewer prescription meds and were less likely to have visited an emergency room or have been admitted to a hospital than people who didn't use cannabis for medical purposes, showing that cannabis patients put less strain on healthcare resources. Ta-da! Smoke to that. All right, let's get Ant and Joey up here to wrap up today's show. Ant, comment, contest, thoughts, last thoughts. Interesting, interesting thought exercise today. Looking at the news again, going from yesterday, I think it was it was fun for me. Was it fun for you? Intellectually, Adam's satisfaction is the most important part of the show, anyway. But doing the COINTEL Pro episode yesterday, without really looking at current events in the news, and then looking at the news today, I feel like I am looking at the news clearer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually wasn't really familiar with a COINTELPRO at all until I, after the show, I actually started looking up links and I was like, oh, well, that all makes sense. I mean, every bit of it made sense. As far as our comment contest, I'm going to go back with the Waking Bear on YouTube with the Sesame Street, because if you really think about it, Sesame Street has been like, it's almost like its own like mind manipulation <laughs> technique since we were little. So, it's I mean... Crazy, right? It is. And, and, you know, when they, when you mentioned, you know, the big bird and we're talking about birds, you know, big bird being the face of Sesame street, it almost represents big government in a way you can really make parallels between Sesame street and a corrupt government with, I mean, it's just, to me, I, I just started thinking, I just got my, my gears rolling. I'm like, you know what? That's, that's, that's almost scary to think about. Hey, so, have you ever noticed, it's, it's, have, you, have you ever noticed that big bird doesn't age? Can you explain that? I think it's because he's a drone. No, Big Bird's no, no Big Bird. Sesame Street's been great for breaking through cultural boundaries. So I mean, let's be real. They, they, they introduced, you know, it's it's a city setting. So they had like that that poverty community. And I came up in Baltimore in this like poor city watching Sesame Street, and I could relate to that. And it made like 
you know, living in that poor city environment, not so bad. And they had like the first handicapped character. Wait, but is that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that, is that a good thing? Hold on. Governments use theft, violence, economic manipulation to herd you into cities and then use Sesame Street to pacify you about it. That's not good. And then they've got you listening to the biggest bird ever. Have you heard? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think of some of the characters in Sesame Street. I mean, it really, it's, it's really a indication like a smaller government, but like in a big government setting. I don't know. It's just to me, the whole thing, like Sesame Street is his own country, right? They have their own rules, their own, their own things that they do. I really, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it is a kingdom. Uh, it's, it's crazy to me. All right, we're I'm, gonna, we're I'm gonna a be Brewster fan more than more than Sesame. We're gonna be over time, and we we have we quick sign off. Go to Patreon.com/slash Adam versus the man. Support this show. You go to TheFreedomLine.com/slash donate if you want to throw some crypto. Email me, Adam at TheFreedomLine.com if you want to get in touch. If you want to make a crypto donation, and then use that crypto donation to get yourself into the producers club. We can make that happen. Adam of the freedomline.com. Also follow us on Instagram at the garden of freedom so that you can see everything that's going on in Gardenia. And finally from goodnewsnetwork.org for good news on this day in history, it was on this day in 1789 citizens of Paris stormed the Bastille prison during the French revolution, freeing seven prisoners and branding the memory of Bastille day forevermore and so with that peace and love y'all choose happiness and be excellent to each other